to the Popcorn Diet, all you good movie buddies, a podcast for those of you who, like us, live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other various movie snacks. Like those little Starburst bites that come in the bag. You don't have to unwrap them Mm. one by one. You can just grab a handful of them and Mm. shove them in your mouth. It's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, As always, I am Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. And with me, as usual, is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian Machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, it's been busy. It's been a busy week for us. It has been busy. Last couple of weeks, we're dropping this episode a little late in the week as usual. We we've had to do a little bit of the improvisation, what with all the the travels that we've been on. Unfortunately, not yet for the podcast, but maybe one day. Uh, but but the work travels leading us from Boston to New Jersey, leading you. Where the hell were you like when Iowa. when I was around? Iowa, California. Iowa and California and selling a house. The dream. Yep. Just living the American dream. American dream. I appreciate that. Well, this was it's good that we got the opportunity to sit down because even though, you know, we're in the middle of August, uh, basically it is about that time. We we are in the wind down period. We are in the period where like this weekend It's ugly. There ain't a lot of movies that we're interested in. I mean there's and, and that's one of the biggest things is like, you know, Maybe eventually this will become a thing where we'll just see movies, not because we're interested in them, but because we're paid to see them. Who knows? Who knows where life will take us, right? We but this movie, weekend, we have a movie out that is a kids' movie, animated movie, but uses a naughty by nature I mean, <laughs> reference. We got we got a horror movie. We got Annabelle Creation, which I, you and I don't really care about. We got the no. Nut Job too. <sighs> It's rough. And so... Nutty by nature. I mean, come on. The kids who are seeing that movie, regardless. <laughs> they weren't even alive when Nutty by nature They don't even get the reference. Coming out with music. But regardless, we figured this would be a good opportunity to do sort of a summer in review, kind of a recap, kind of go to the beginning of the summer um, where we would, before we started this podcast, we started this podcast at the beginning of June. This is episode 11. We've successfully completed 10 episodes. We're not yet. We've only just started the 11th one. Uh, but the idea is let's take a look at the summer. Let's take a look at the summer as what it was. I'm fairly confident that we're not going to get any more gigantic blockbusters between now and Christmas. All the big summer movies have come. And there's still some ones that you and I are interested in. But for the most part, summer is gone. It's time for the summer recap. It's been a very interesting summer. Uh, Obviously, the big thing that I wanted to point out was that the top three films are all superhero films. Every single one of them. And it's like not even close. I mean, even the fourth one, even Despicable Me 3, technically is about supervillains, right? Yep. So if I want to really stretch... I could say that the top four films are about superheroes or villains. And then the fifth one isn't even close. Like the top four are all above $240 million and the fifth movie's at like and, 170. I mean, and even the fifth one kind of takes that concept. I know it's not super abilities or anything, but we're, you know, you've got that man, main Jack Sparrow character True. from that standpoint, which kind of goes to some of the superhero scripts from that standpoint storylines an adventure following jack sparrow defying odds different things like that from that standpoint while not a comic book generated character no certainly certainly responsible from some super heroics and more disney 
More Disney. Well, number one was Wonder Woman. First, the, the top movie of the year, $400 million, was Wonder Woman. Came in, was was a really, really, really great movie, especially after the two kind of mediocre, and that's putting it kindly, DC films that came last year. Wonder Woman came in, took the top spot with $400 million. The next two were both, I mean, they weren't both Disney films, but they were Marvel properties, direct Marvel studio properties uh the first being guardians of the galaxy and the second being spider-man homecoming and then obviously despicable me pirates of the caribbean and things like that so you know we've done our superhero episode we did it talking about wonder woman i mean that's not any surprise to you is it no not really i mean not with without i think at the beginning of the year had you told me wonder woman would be number one at the box office for the year thus far I Not for the year, for the summer. Beauty and the Beast still oh, has, a, I think, a hundred right. million more. For the summer, I would be surprised. I mean, from that standpoint, I would have thought, you know, probably Top either five. Pirates or Guardians at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year, maybe. Yeah. Um, even Spider Man or Cars Three. Um, so some of these, I think, actually underperformed overall. I think it was a lot um, of underperformance. But yeah. Wonder Woman, I would say, definitely overperformed Did based great. off of what we were expecting. Did great. I wouldn't be surprised if, and the rumors are swirling this week, that that Wonder Woman is going to be a much more central part of Justice League than initially anticipated. Uh, that might have a big reason why they're reshooting. Exactly. Bring Joss in. Joss was notorious for almost getting a Wonder Woman film made about a decade ago. It would not shock us. The other thing that I think is very interesting about these top ten when it comes to the box office, again, it's what we're talking box office here. Usually the box office and quality, they have a small correlation, not as big as this year. This year, eight out of the top ten films were all fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. All of them except two were fresh. The two that weren't were the fifth sequels in the franchise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and Transformers The Last Night. Now, I enjoyed Pirates of the Caribbean. Transformers Last Night, our thoughts are <laughs> our thoughts are well documented. How that movie is, that's a love-hate movie. That is a very love-hate movie. But do you think, audience, you think that we're at the point where audiences are getting smarter now, where they, they recognize, even Despicable Me 3, which is not like, it's not emoji level shit, you know. It's still pretty good. It's got good talent involved. It's got good animated studio talent involved. Do you think we're at the point now where it's now we've now gotten sort of a quality, not over quantity, but if we could take all of the things that used to make big blockbusters, the explosions, the CGI, the bullshit, and say that that is the quote unquote quantity. You think we're now finally at a point where it is officially quality over quantity? Well, I think some movies like, and and not just this movie, but I think movies like The First Guardians and things like that kind of establish that you can have, if you get a little bit more depth and you make a little bit higher quality story and storyline, like you can go from that 100 million, 150 million range, which is still a great great showing for sure. a movie especially when you add in the the worldwide numbers um you're gonna make pretty much any budget at that point if you hit 150 domestic but i think that proved that you could go to that next level 
mm-hmm. of of box office if you got good reviews as well. I mean, I think what Wonder Woman didn't like go absolutely nuts week one. It had legs, but it had literally and figuratively. And figuratively had legs. It <laughs> Wonder Woman definitely did, and I think that can be contributed in large part to how well reviewed it was and mm-hmm. what a great movie it was. And even some of the other movies that are on here, you look at the movies that didn't really have legs. Um, it's kind of cause they weren't the best reviewed or, or great movies, no. you know, like you think of like a mummy or, uh, alien or even, even going up to like pirates. I mean, pirates didn't get the best reviews right. from the standpoint. And, it, again, it did 171, which is nothing to sneeze at. But at the same time, it did 62 the first week. And from Pirate's standpoint, it's not the it's not the most exciting. And it was a 230 million dollar budget <laughs> movie. So true. I mean, it's not going to have. I mean, foreign, it's made over 600 million. So right. they knew they weren't going to have any issues. Pirates, Pirates legs, and I think Transformers as well are both in the foreign marketplace now. Like. Those movies both are just, they do fine domestically, which is the numbers that we're looking at. We're looking at the top 10 domestic, but both of those films, foreign, are gigantic. Well, and I think to some point, that's the only reason, to some point, Transformers keeps getting made, get made. <laughs> because of the foreign market. And and even to some point, that's probably the only reason we got a, another Pirates movie. I mean, yeah. we didn't really need another one. Yeah. It's Wonder not Woman's, like they left us on a cliffhanger from that. Standpoint. Of course not. Wonder Woman's great example. It's domestic was big, is currently bigger than it's foreign. Uh, same thing, Guardians of the Galaxy, a comparable foreign, 472, uh, and Spider-Man. Like, it, it's, it, is, it is by and far the only thing that is keeping those franchises afloat, I think. It, it seems like maybe domestically... It's no longer good enough just to put familiar faces out there. Like, right. I mean, that's going to help you to some point. Whereas in the foreign markets, maybe that's still enough. You know, maybe it's still enough to have that Transformer, that Mark Wahlberg, you know, that, I mean, that recipe or that Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, maybe that's enough still in foreign markets. Whereas maybe the U.S. is a little bit more tired of that. Maybe. If you're not going to give us quality. I mean, because you think about how badly... Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman got ripped on. I mean, they still made a bunch of money. Yeah, they still made like 300 plus. But like people's opinion of even just the Warner Brothers franchise, you know, universe at that point was down so much for Wonder Woman to do what it did was a pretty, pretty pretty impressive. impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you brought up some of the some of the franchises that faltered, some of the stinkers. I mean, some of the big ones, you know. The uh, you got a lot of uh, shared universes are popular. Everybody's in now. Everybody's trying to jumpstart their new franchise. You know, existing IP is huge, but generating and creating that original exi- intellectual property from which you can build the franchise off of—that's the hard part. And we saw it in movies like The Mummy or King Arthur. Or even the f- the fucking emoji movie, which I won't be the first time I say but the that thi- phrase. The thing is, anytime you come out with an original movie, I feel like these days, there's always them anticipating, like, could this turn into something more? Like, do you think 
Bad Moms was intended to be like no. the start of a franchise, but it killed it in the box office. So now we're getting a Christmas Bad Moms. You, see, you know, I mean, Daddy's Home. I don't think they were planning on a Daddy's Home too when they first made Daddy's Home. Comedies but I find to be easier. Definitely Comedies easier are to easier to generate them. originals. Well, it's also because they don't take the budget. So right. like. All you they make got a comedy if, for if you make million, if you make a hundred million, you crushed it. You crushed it. Girls Trip is going to jump into the top ten probably Guess what? by the end of the. I summer. bet you there's going to be a Girls Trip too. Guarantee you it'll be Girls Trip too. I will bet money right now. I haven't seen the film. Obviously, I don't it know. It could be a great movie. Hey, I loved Bad Moms I heard last summer. I, yeah, I heard it's hilarious. I probably should see it, but I, you're damn right. Like it'll be like it'll be like Girls Trip to Cancun, or oh, Girls absolutely. Trip to Paris, or some. Where'd they like go that. this year? I don't know. Was Vegas? New Orleans. New Orleans, New Orleans. That's where they went. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there'll definitely be a Euro trip movie. 100%. Hands down a Euro trip movie. We're going to call it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Within the next two, two to three years. The way they're doing it now, it's like one year. Right. Get the band back together. Daddy's Home took two years. Uh, Bad Moms took, Bad Moms like took like a, a year, year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Girls Euro trip. Girls Euro trip. Pretty, Write it down. Lock it down. <laughs> All right. So before we get into sort of the main reason that we came together today, I wanted to ask you, we wanted to give, we not we didn't do a list today. We didn't ask any of our listeners for this. Um, although you can, you know, I would be remiss if I did not mention that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram at The Popcorn Diet. But David, I want to know your Best movie, your favorite movie of the summer, and your least favorite movie of the summer. And it's only going to be movies that we watched. So we've talked about a lot of movies already. So odds are, you know, it, pro- it, it might be a movie that we've talked about already. That's what I, even though I have a few that I haven't seen that I just have like moral stands against. Uh, what is your best movie of the summer or your favorite movie of this summer of 2017? Well, my favorite movie of the summer is going to be Wonder Woman. Okay. Um, we've talked about it lots before. Um, it's my favorite of the superhero movies that came out. Close second to that was Spider-Man. Spider-Man was awesome. Uh, those two were kind of neck and neck for me. Um, if I had to say, like, best movie, though, like, if I had to admit, like, which one was the best quality movie, for me, it's Dunkirk, sure. hands down. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year that's my answer, too, for, like, my quote-unquote best picture i mean there's some good contenders that will come out this year but that one's going to be pretty tough to beat um as far as worst movie we're doing worst movie too sure so worst we'll movie get your best and your worst right away worst movie for me and and like you i haven't seen a lot of these yet um <laughs> well i think we've done a fairly good job of look of going to the ones where there's heat surrounding them and yeah. staying away from the stinkers so yeah, kind of did that on purpose. I mean, worst one I've seen for me is probably going to be probably going to be Cars Three. Um, hmm. Not because it was some atrocious movie, but at this mm-hmm. point for me, it's my well. I would put it more as my least favorite movie of the summer would be Cars Three. All right, wasn't necessarily anything super original. Um, you know, like we mentioned on that podcast, I may be too grown up. I may be uh, past <laughs> the part where every animated movie is going to appeal to me at this yeah. point. Um, you know, right right in that same conversation would be The Mummy. Um, it wasn't that The Mummy was bad by any means either, um, but it was not really memorable either. Like, I don't look back to that movie and sure. think of anything that, like, pops out of me like, oh, that was amazing. You don't – yeah, there's not – 
There wasn't any huge sequences. Or... Well, and when I when I see a movie like that, I'm expecting some pretty cool scenes or pretty cool special effects, and right. everything's like, eh. I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it already. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So we'll lock it in. Wonder Woman uh, as the top, uh, top your favorite film of the summer, and Cars 3, we'll say officially, as your least favorite film of the summer. By no means a worst, like by no means like a garbage movie. You know, it's just... That's where it falls on the rankings. Um, I'm very close to you. My favorite movie this summer is Dunkirk. Dunkirk, we talked about it before. It is, a st- I saw it twice. I saw it again. And it's even more rewarding the second time. Like, even the, like the stuff at the end of the film is so fucking good. And that whole movie is still so intense. And watching how he pieces that together is just it's it's a masterclass of 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 tension filled filmmaking and storytelling. So Dunkirk is easily my favorite film of the year. Although, as you said, Wonder Woman is very high up there. Spider Man is very high up there. Guardians of the Galaxy Two, War for the Planet of the Apes, all of which very very good films. My bottom of the list is one I'm wondering if you even remembered, but I'm going to say The House with Will Ferrell. Uh, as, <laughs> yeah, that's probably, <laughs> see, that's probably too. Uh, Maybe I blocked it out of my mind. Exactly. That's I didn't want to bring it up, but, um, it, you know, and again, not at the, the biggest piece of shit movie I've ever seen. They had some good chuckles in it, but when you look back at some of the previous years and some of the big comedies that came out, whether it be something like even like Ghostbusters or Central Intelligence last year, or whether it be like Pitch Perfect 2, uh, or spy or or even going all the way back to freaking 2014 where you had 22 jump street make almost 200 million dollars or neighbors made 150 like the house was really aside from girls trip those were the two big comedies of the summer and girls trip did really really well and it's, the house it's a bleak year for comedies it's this year. really I mean, slow we're gonna, we're gonna have to count on daddy's home and bad mom's to to I mean, rescue Jesus. this year from a comedy standpoint and we're counting on two basically christmas well like christmas movies pretty in much essence. yeah pretty much christmas comedies um and i also want to mention that even though you know we didn't do a dark tower episode there's and we might but there's a reason for that and it's because that that movie even though you were hyped for it it's a big pile of eh. mm-hmm. like it's a it's the way i described it is that movie is going to show up on TNT Sunday afternoons for a long time. Like, it is a very specific type of middle-of-the-road movie, which is fine. There are places for that. But if you're going to make this a big franchise building... It was a missed opportunity. It's big, a lot of missed opportunities. All right. Uh, so the whole main reason that we're coming and we're talking uh, for this particular episode is one of the biggest movies that we didn't get an opportunity to review. One of the movies that we were going to start the podcast with, because we wanted to start it at the very beginning of the summer and timing and stuff just got in the way. And we decided, well, we're not going to wait anymore. Screw it is guardians of the galaxy volume two. And it's as good a time as any, because guardians of the galaxy volume two is now out on digital HD for purchase, uh, and rent, uh, not rental yet. I think just purchase. And it comes out on uh, blu-ray DVD on August 22nd. But this is an interesting thing that I think that I want to start incorporating a lot more. And it's kind of like the hindsight review, not just for movies, but for events like Oscars and fucking MTV movie awards, who knows Razzies, (laughs) 
But a hindsight review, because I remember that when we came out of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I was very, very high on it. You had a couple of nitpicks, but you were pretty high on it as well. Uh, and so in hindsight, three months later, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the numbers two grossing film of the summer by only $12 million. Wonder Woman's not that far ahead of it. You could probably re-release Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and maybe make up that difference. Of the top three, is it better, I think I know your answer, than <laughs> Spider-Man or Wonder Woman? Out of those three, where do you rank it amongst the top three superhero movies? For me, it actually goes number three, um, which was probably the opposite of what I would have thought going into the mm -hmm. summer. Um, because Guardians 1 is one of my favorite um, it's definitely my, I think we did our top five. It was definitely in my top five. It might've been even in my top three. Right. Um, so I love the whole story. I love the, how it blends in kind of the retro stuff and the soundtracks, you know, I'm a big soundtrack person. I love the, the music in it. Um, obviously I'm a big Kurt Russell fan. So hell yeah, I had high expectations for this movie. Uh, and I wouldn't say that it necessarily under delivered, but there was a couple areas that it was obviously it fell short for me on um, not as much I I just wish it was done a little bit different like to me and we've talked about this before but for uh, for me the all the ego stuff like it dragged on a little bit too long right um, not necessarily the first time I saw it first time I saw it I felt like it was a little lengthy but then I watched it again and I'm like man this ego stuff just drags like I feel like and I, I get the purpose of it. Right. Um, and I think it was all meaningful for being in there. I just wish it could have been like all shrunk by like two minutes each. Like if we could have just knocked off like <laughs> 10 minutes off of all the ego, uh, the less, ego stuff, then I would have Less Kurt been. Russell. Well, less Kurt Russell walking him through a uh, museum of the history of his, his life. Right. Uh, so that was for me. Uh, first is probably Wonder Woman and second Spider-Man, just like we just talked about. Um, but overall, I mean, Guardians was a great movie. Yeah. I mean, I saw it multiple times in theaters. Right. You got, Still love all the characters. Some gotta, memorable scenes in there. Uh -huh. um, you know, you got the one line, the the Mary Poppins line that everybody talked about after. I mean, there are, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't know where I would put it either. I wonder if I would, I, I mean, I'm... Wonder Woman's really good. Spider-Man's amazing. And and for me, it was more Guardians didn't lose the top spot as much as like Spider-Man and Wonder Woman won right. the top spot. So right. it's like it's not like I walked out disappointed by any means. It's like Guardians. if the Olympics, like you got a 9.8 on the floor routine, like you did everything you could, but freaking Canada comes in and gets the 9.9 naturally .9 oh, and the 10 on the floor routine on the floor routine naturally Canada absolutely if it's yeah. a hockey game maybe <laughs> um and so so I think I think you're right and I think I might even put it in that same place although I certainly don't have the uh the nitpicks that you do sure uh I, that movie made me laugh hard as uh, easily Marvel's funniest film. And also, it's it's most poignant, it's saddest film. It's three months later, everybody, so we're going to spoil the shit out of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> so, sorry, guys, but... Uh, so, turn this off right now if you don't want the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Skip, like, ten minutes ahead, because uh, we're going to talk about some other shit. But, like, 
like it mattered. It was one of the first films where like Yandu's sacrifice was felt and it mattered. And it wasn't like Quicksilver who's like, oh, I was in one movie and I died. Hmm. Like Yandu had an arc from over multiple films and he made the sacrifice and the way that they sent him off and they played it off I thought was so well done. One thing I thought about Guardians movies, both of them, is they seemed a little less, and even especially this one, it didn't seem like it was necessarily setting the platform for other Marvel movies right. to come. Like right. every other Marvel's movie seemed like it was like fitting its puzzle piece into the uh-huh. rest of the world, um, even by the crossover of characters and everything like that. Like every one of them seemed to be building to this Infinity War. Right. And this more feels like these two movies have more felt like we're going to introduce you to who the heck these Guardians characters are. Sure. Um, and eventually they'll join up and be a part of the Affinity War. But it's not like you're getting these little Easter eggs in the whole movie where it's like, oh, that's going to be super meaningful right. for the Infinity War. Right. Or, oh, that's why this happens in the Infinity War. Like, Do I you mean, think that it, makes it feel unfocused? Like a little bit? Not a ton, but a little bit? I think a little bit only because everybody's coming in with the expectations that Marvel. This is part of that right. big long Avengers storyline. It is, and really, I mean, you could have released these two Guardians movies whenever you would have wanted to with all these Marvel movies. Like, sure. I don't think I can think of anything in them that is dependent on all the other Marvel movies to date. Well, the first one definitely has the Infinity Stone, obviously. Well, it has the Infinity Stone, but that doesn't like nothing happened in the Avengers movies or the prior movies really right. that we had to have those in front of guardians right. whereas right. a lot of the thor movie you know thor captain america they all kind of go even, in sequential even chronologically like they fall uh, like in an odd middle spot mm-hmm. um like the guardians of the galaxy volume two is technically set three years ago so it's interesting but that brings up i think the main point that you and i want to talk about and it's the marvel cinematic universe and we were we were we were we were debating whether or not we wanted to do a whole debate episode on this, but David, but he got you, scared. you and I have a fundamental disagreement with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it is I think ultimately, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm gonna boil it down to either Tony Stark is great or Tony Stark is the worst. It's close to that. For okay. me, it's more Tony Stark is right. Okay. Or Captain Great. America is right. Okay. In, I'm willing to go. I'm in, willing to go there. Basically, in what happened in Civil War was where it really made you say, which side are you on? My big statement is that the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, has a Tony Stark problem. And it's not, and it's important that we mention this is not. Tony Stark as the actor. This is not... There's too much Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. fucking kills it. He's great. We're, I love seeing Tony we're Stark We're stepping up. into the world of Marvel. We're stepping into... imagining we are civilians. Yes. Or just people in this world. Yes. And we're... we're we, we've had... We've had so much shit go down. And it's, it's time we start blaming people. It's kind of what... 
kind of what happens in real life. Who are we blaming, David? Are we going to blame? Are we going to blame our government? Are we going to blame this government? Are we going to blame this party? Are we going to blame this party? So instead of doing a real life political battle, we're going to do Marvel political battle. And I think Tony Stark's a piece of shit. <laughs> and I think everything, not everything, but almost everything bad that has happened on Earth in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Tony Stark has a direct hand in. Or indirect, even. He's got his fingerprints all over tragedy, all over destruction, and it's terrible. And you're and even though this is an audio medium and the listeners cannot see this talk, talk, talk hand motion that you're making at me, <laughs> I firmly believe, this is my hypothesis, that the majority of the terror and destruction that has rained down upon the world is caused by Tony Stark. And I think going leading up to civil war. And if you like David, I'd like for you to come. I I'd like for you to come on a journey with me. Okay, okay? let's take me on your journey before I'm gonna I try, prove I'd everything. I'd like for all of us to so just come on a journey with me. This is going to be very abbreviated. Okay, but we're going to go through. We're going to start in 2008 with Iron Man, where Tony Stark is a is a billionaire playboy weapons dealer. He's an ironmonger. He's one of his first big things is him showing all these weapons to the U.S. government, right? And yet in that movie, the weapons he sold are what get him caught. They're what get It's his direct hand in being the innovative weapons creator that he is that sets him down this path. He's captured. He's shown that the enemy has his weapons. His weapons have fallen into the wrong hands, so his oversight or lack thereof as a CEO has allowed the, the world of terrorism to become more advanced. And the weapons he sold leads Obadiah Stane to turn against him and to fuel the Ten Rings terrorist group. Okay? That happened in Iron Man 1. Now, on in The Incredible Hulk, right? Not a lot of touching there, right? But in The Incredible Hulk, particularly in the Marvel one-shot called The Consultant, S.H.I.E.L.D. needs to talk General Ross out of including the Abomination on the team for the Avengers. General Ross wants Abomination on the team. S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't. And what they do is Sitwell and Coulson actually sit down and talk and they say, we're going to send Stark because we know Stark's going to fuck this meeting up. Ross is going to hate him and he'll never want to be a part of this team. Like So they know that Stark is a liability even from that early on. Iron Man 2, Stark's tech and his arrogance pushed Justin Hammer and other countries to match his technology, his weapons. Escalation, right? We always talk escalation. This is an indirect thing. This is something that you can't control, right? It's like Batman. That we start wearing body armor, they get they get armor-piercing bullets, so on and so forth, right? Whiplash directly steals and mimics Stark tech. Stark tech is stolen by Rhodey and given to the government, which has which has repercussions down the line. Even S.H.I.E.L.D. says, Iron Man, yes, we want him on the team. Tony Stark, he's not recommended for the Avengers. Now, in the Avengers, Tony Stark, for the most part, pretty cool. But one of the biggest things about him is that he immediately begins spying on S.H.I.E.L.D. because he doesn't trust the man, right? He begins hacking into their systems, finding out what they know, and finding out that they're just as secretive bunch of sons of bitches as everybody else. His arrogance puts him at odds with Fury, Black Widow, Thor, Cap, 
Now, admittedly, he does save the day. He just launches that rocket up there. Going all the way down, Iron Man 3, Stark turning down, Killian creates AIM. The Ten Rings are a real terrorist group that AIM mimics, leading to multiple deaths. Stark's, Stark's behavior towards Dr. Uh, Maya Hansen is a direct creation of the extremist virus, which leads to all these deaths. He gets Air Force. I mean, all of this leads to Air Force One being destroyed, people being murdered, and the president being kidnapped. And then just like out of impulse, he destroys his suits, all of them. By the time Age of Ultron comes around, Stark's back into it again because he's impulsive. He created the Iron Legion, which is the, the robots. He then fucking creates Ultron, leading to the destruction of Sokovia, leading to the creation of Baron Zemo. The twins are motivated by Stark's weapons to fight against them at first. Stark's tempering with tech and Infinity Stones leads to Vision, which sounds great, except he didn't know that was going to happen. And then Quicksilver's killed, which takes us to Civil War. Stark, Stark, as we've seen, has a direct line into the destruction of Sokovia. The creation of Ultron obviously being the main thing. The, the, the The destruction of Sokovia led Zemo on his mission. On his mission to kill these people, to kill Black Panther's father, which then leads to Black Panther's anger and rage and Wakanda's king's death and Wakanda being forced into the spotlight again. Stark takes his own guilt and he projects it onto the Avengers. He's, I'm projecting. You and I, you both know we, we don't like projecting. Stop projecting on me. It's exactly what he does. And instead of being the guy he was before, instead he teams with the government. He teams with Big Brother to write these Sokovia Accords. He partners with Ross, who's a known power monger, who he knows hates Banner and the Hulk already. And his anger, his 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 selfishness in trying to clear his conscience leads to the rift in the team, Rhodey's paralysis, the team's incarceration, Cap's banishment, Widow's banishment, Bucky lost his arm again, and then the Sokovia Accords are law. And that's it. And then not to mention Spider-Man to wrap it all up where all this has led up to Tony Stark. Everything shit's getting destroyed all over the place, right? So the little guy gets an opportunity to clean it up. People got to clean it up, right? People got to clean up this mess. I might as well make money from doing it. Except then Tony Stark creates the Department of Damage Control, another government department that now is going to profit off of this because the Avengers are an officially government-sanctioned group now, and so now the government is the one who's going to destroy these cities, and then the government's going to be the one to profit cleaning them up, leading to the Vulture's creation, leading to everything that happens in Spider-Man Homecoming. And he doesn't even listen to Spider-Man. He treats him as an annoyance up until the end when he's like, yeah, you didn't listen to me. Oh, it was a test. Bullshit, Tony. So, in summary... Responsible for the tech that advanced world's battles. He's a drunk, cocky asshole. He fought with government only to buddy up with them and their control later on. His behavior towards others created a lot of future enemies. Fucking created Ultron. Got Destrovia, uh, got Sokovia destroyed and Quicksilver killed, which then created Zemo. Helped create the Soviet Sokovia Accords, which then had his friends arrested, got Cap banished, got Wanda imprisoned. Basically creates destruction around the globe and then profits off of that destruction. Just saying, those are the facts. That's the journey. 
that I wanted to take everybody on. I know it's a couple minutes. <sighs> Tony Stark has his hand in everything. And you've been sitting here silently giving me evil eyes. So I'm very interested I'm, to see. I'm, I'm glad we, we saw it all through the filter of, of your... <laughs> your reality. Your reality. <laughs> Listen. Has, has Tony Stark made mistakes? Absolutely. He's not a perfect person. No one is. Hence why we need people governing things. We should, should we just let this be the wild, wild west where, you know, a dude who turns into an angry green giant should just be allowed to go run around unchecked? And we're going to his how does the Hulk get his powers? Could you tell me, please? He got it in a... He got it in a... No, but why, how does he go green? The, oh, he gets angry. Oh, he gets angry. Yeah. Okay, so you're, what you're telling me is that we should entrust our security to a, an angry green giant. That's what we should do. We should just let him, you know, run around the, policing the streets because he's the one that we should trust in. No. Come on now. You're better than that. All right, so... Yes, Tony Stark created the technology that has caused issues. Guess what? Albert Einstein created the Ooh. the science that created the A bomb. Does that mean we should get rid of we should have killed Albert Einstein? Should we deprive ourselves of progress because of the dangers associated with it? Are you going to tell me that like in the real world we should take out Elon Musk because he's coming out with all this uh this technology that's advancing the world and that suddenly that's going to turn into the bad things. Heck, when there was PlayStation 3s, do you remember when PlayStation 2s came out? I do. When PlayStation 2s came out, they were talking about how third world countries were buying PlayStation 2s because the computer chips in them were more advanced than the technology that they had, which could then find them their way into rockets and things like that. Should we stop having PlayStation 2s because you're afraid that they're going to end up in rockets? Quit, quit punishing the genius for his work, okay? Listen, he's imperfect. He's a human, which is exactly why he's saying there should be policing. Listen, Mr. Whitey Tidies, Captain America. Red, white, and blue, thank you Red, very much. Red, white, blue, whitey tidies, all right? He's been around for a long time. Things change, okay? Things he's made change. his own mistakes, too. Didn't uh, start of a civil war. What happens? Uh, a bunch of people die. It's true. Mistakes are made. Because he made a mistake. All right? Avengers. Who's the one that ended up saving the day? Could you tell me? Could you tell me what his name is? Well, Iron Man got and rid of the bomb. Who's the one that ended up shooting the missile? The government. The government shot the missile, but Iron Man took it through the wormhole. Oh, okay, okay. And... Did Tony Stark have anything to do with Loki coming? You're telling me that we should trust our security and the world's security in an angry green giant, an alien with a big hammer, a dude that just can't die for some reason, that's got some kind of hopped up on some kind of steroids, and then normal human beings and Hawkeye and Black Widow that are government agents all the same. Or some kid that's a teenager shooting spider webs. You're not saying we should have some kind of organization and regulation around these people. You sound like, to me, like Charlton Heston saying, you can pry my gun from my cold, cold. dead fist. 
All right? I'm not wanting to take away your guns. I'm wanting you to have them registered so we can have some order around this. All right? I don't want you to stop doing good, helping out, but I can't have angry green giants just running around destroying city blocks and doing things like that. And in your bleeding heart, the man came and did the cleanup and caused the vulture to happen. Yeah. Tell me this. Should we have a bunch of mom and pop shots handling alien technology? Do you think they're going to be secure in their transportation and getting rid of it? What's going to happen when just random dude with a ski mask comes up, points a gun, and takes the alien technology? Where's it going to go then? <laughs> we need people who can securely take care of this and guard this type of materials and dispose of it in a proper way. Mm -hmm. Do I like it that the man's profiting from it? No. I'm not, I'm not for government to make a bunch of money, but I'm also not for it to easily fall in the hands of, of, of bad people, which was your whole basis starting with Iron Man about how he got sloppy with his technology and it ended into... Uh, into the hands of terrorists. Terrorists. So right. how is Vulture, whatever his name is, I'm blanking on it. Uh, how is, Adrian Toomes. How is Adrian Toomes disposal company going to protect alien technology and the disposal of that better than a multi-million, billion-dollar company? Listen, these are all fine points, and I, I appreciate your candor, but I, I have a couple of rebuttals. We're not gonna. We could literally do this for hours, but we're not gonna. We're not gonna. All right. Number one, I will say that prior to his involvement with Shield and the Avengers, Banner had quite a long period of peace, where he wasn't just turning into the Hulk willy nilly. He found a system and he made it work for him, and he was given the freedom to do so. Number two, I'm not against all regulation. There should be some. There should be some. If there was no regulation, then people could just pump chickens full of whatever the fuck they wanted to and make literally all the mutant chicken nuggets they wanted. There should be some regulation. If there was no regulation, our streets would just crumble and die. Infrastructure. Government is needed in some places. To answer your question about the little man, why take the job completely away from him? Why not regulate it? Why not have have certain procedures that can because because we took the job away from him in Spider-Man and yet and yet this little guy who was according to you so inept that anybody could take tech from him was efficient enough to put that to tech together himself and steal it direct and uh, almost nearly steal it back over and over and over again from the official government trucks and airplanes and things like that listen if if that's all it takes to push you over the edge into turning into a weapons dealer and all-out criminal you probably are a bad seed already all it takes is normal one bad people, day normal David. people when we get our jobs taken care of or taken from us or we get let go or laid off don't go and try to distribute weapons on the black market not everyone all it takes is one bad day the worst day you could ever imagine happening. Quit blaming a bad seed snap. on Tony Stark. And the last thing that I'll mention is you throw these names out, like Albert Einstein and Elon Musk and 
and and whoever the fuck else is out there making beautiful <laughs> technology right now, right? These guys are just making technology. Yeah, Albert Einstein created the science that led to the atomic bomb. That I have, I have like the atomic bomb. That was a government-sanctioned program from the beginning, the Manhattan Project. Yeah. But what Elon Musk is doing, he's not building bombs. He's not making weapons. He's not building a suit with lasers and rockets. He's I, building cars. He's building hyperloops. He's building solar technology. He's building technology that, from the very beginning, by its very nature, is not offensive or defensive, but purely in a helpful helpful nature now if tony stark wants to be able to do that he should have the freedom to do so much like cap says tony made the decision to sign the accords based on his guilt and based on the fact that he was incapable of keeping his shit together but that shouldn't force cap to follow the same rules that oh, should, so we should all have different rules. You're saying that some people are above we, the law. We some should have, people should have different regulation than other people. We should have the freedom to choose. Oh, you should be able to have the freedom to choose what De laws you obey. Depending on what the laws are, yeah. Oh, I, oh, I, okay. genu I genuinely believe that if the law... If 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 it's something, if it's and this, we're gonna lose like a lot of listeners here. <laughs> if it's something that doesn't kill someone, either yourself or someone else, or doesn't cause someone or someone else physical harm, physical harm, then you should have the freedom to do it within certain parameters, regulations, financial what? parameters, and infrastructure parameters, and health parameters, and things like that. Going back to the chickens. Pumping chickens full of steroids isn't going to immediately kill people, but there's certain cruel and 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 uh, unscrupulous tactics and things like that. I don't think mur like murder, you know, murder shouldn't be legal, and there should oh, be. I'm glad you draw the line be at murder. Rules there. It's very thoughtful there, of you there to should, thank uh, you. draw the line at murder. I do, I do, I do draw the line at murder, but when you have governments who you are so quickly to put your trust in these government organizations thinking that they have no they have much larger level of control or no puppets behind them or no corporations or money i think that is just a, just a little bit do you live on a farm in oregon i used to <laughs> not in oregon <laughs> I could. Do you grow your own nice. organic vegetables? I grow my own weed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna move to Vegas, David. I'm gonna buy ten acres in Vegas somewhere, and I'm gonna was, grow. Was a Richard weed Gatling a, an evil person like Tony Stark, the inventor of the first uh, rapid your, fire firearm? You and your Google. Yeah, I'm not saying Tony Stark is evil. Oh no, you're saying he. We have got a Tony Stark problem, people, ladies he, and gentlemen. He is flippant and irresponsible and. His actions have caused the problems of everyone else. Now, Richard Gatling, the creator of the what? The first successful rapid-fire firearm. Fuck yes, he belongs in the same category as Tony Stark. What? Yes. Should we all just – oh, so we should just stop progressing weaponry. We should just be using swords right now, swords and shields. 
Especially, well, if Gatling was like, no, 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 no. Oh, now, if Gatling had been like, oh, God, this gun is terrible. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a fucking bigger gun that will prevent everybody else from using guns. And then someone stole that gun or that gun had a sentient ability and just started shooting people. Then Richard Gatling would be like Tony Stark. So you're telling me it's Stark's problem that there's evil people out there that stole from him. He shouldn't have invented the technology because if he's not organized enough to protect against someone within his company that he thought was trustworthy that's been with his father beforehand that he should just automatically suspect that you know what i shouldn't invent weapons because someone might steal them it meets in the middle it's a middle it meets as as i always try to do i think that there is a middle ground somewhere some way some shape some form i think it meets in the middle if we can't trust an organized group of our peers that right. we elect to position, then we're screwed. We, thank What's you. What's the point of a government then? We are screwed. Why do we have a government? Nobody can be trusted except ourselves, David. If we're not going to trust the laws created by our government, then why do we even have a government? <laughs> why even go to the polls and vote if you're going to say, you know what, whatever laws they create... It's going to be optional if I listen to them. As long as I'm not hurting anybody, as long as there's no health concerns, you know what? Well, once the law is created, the law is law. Don't yeah, get, don't so get me wrong. the law is now in place. Don't get me wrong. It the was law passed. is law. But leading up to that law, there should be healthy conversation about what should I, and shouldn't be allowed. I agree, but allowed. the law was passed and that's, post-Civil War. And that's real unfortunate. So are you going to say that? Cap has the right to just go off the reservation and not listen to the law. If Cap, if Cap doesn't like, if Cap doesn't like the laws that Spike were passed, don't care. Spike don't play with girls. If Cap doesn't like the law that's were passed, and I would say this to anybody: if you don't like the laws that were passed in your country or the p officials that were elected to lead your country, then you should do what Captain America did. You should go to another country. But guess what? He still comes back. Keeps coming back. It's because they need him. It's because they need him because is he Thanos change his is name coming. To Captain Canada no. or Captain England or no. something like that. Do you know like what that? his name is going to be for real? What his no. name in the comic books is? Because because there is because there is so this is a perfect lead-in by the way. <laughs> so in the comic books, he loses his. You should look it up. His name is Nomad because he has no. He is a man with no country. The country that he loved turned his back on him, betrayed him. And so he's still going to go out and he's still going to do good for everybody. So he's in Wakanda with Bucky right now. He's got his dope-ass beard, with which I don't know if you watched. And this leads us to the final thing that we can wrap up with. And we want to know whose side you think you're on. But the Marvel Cinematic Universe future is coming up. And we get, we're getting all hyped about Infinity War, but we got to talk. We got Thor Ragnarok coming out November 3rd. Looks amazing. The future of the cinematic universe after Civil War is chaos. It's absolute chaos. And Thor is out in space getting tossed on a gladiator planet, getting his hair cut. It looks amazing. Goldblum's involved. Hulk's there. Banner went to space. Banner didn't like what was happening in his country with his situation, so he left. If only our celebrities would be so <laughs> bold, David, to follow their suit. After that, going to Wakanda this February 
with Black Panther, probably one that I am most, I might be more excited for Black Panther than I am for Thor because of the talent involved. It's because be of really Ryan good. Coogler writing and directing it, the, the writer and director of Creed, because of Chadwick Boseman, Forrest Whitaker, so many people. It's going to be really good. It's going to be amazing. Very, very excited about that. Obviously, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp in July of 2018, the sequel to Ant-Man. Michelle Pfeiffer cast as Hank Pym's wife, who's thought to have disappeared into the quantum realm, and then Captain Marvel in March of 2019. But around all of that, the linchpin of it all, the Avengers Infinity War, where all this petty... And this is the funniest part. All this petty bullshit won't matter because there's a purple warlord in the sky with six stones that can royally fuck up your day and he's coming and it's not going to matter what i think about iron man are you going to need iron man we're going to need iron oh, man okay and it's not going to matter what you think about cats in america because we're going to need Captain America and the Hulk and the Guardians and Spider-Man and Thor and fucking Loki. I suppose it's Tony Stark's fault that he got the stones and is coming down. I guess we're going to have to watch the movie because it's in play, David. It's in play. Maybe Tony Stark is just like, I'm going to keep these stones right here. And he hands them right to Thanos. I don't know. Anything could happen. But I am. Did you uh, watch the... Uh, did you watch the pirated trailer? I didn't watch the pirated trailer. I totally watched the pirated trailer. There are I places. I thought you didn't believe in pirating. There are when it comes to them. trailers, nonprofit trailers, sky's the limit. Go crazy. Do whatever you want. When it comes to the actual created <laughs> oh, is this, film. Is, is this one of those things where it's like, there's my loss. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody. I'm somewhere in the middle. Yep, exactly <laughs> right. Victimless crimes, David. Pirating a trailer from Comic-Con, that's a victimless crime. The only people you hurt are the 50,000 people who were in, or not even, 6,000 people who were in Hall H who thought they got something exclusive. Oh, no, it's not exclusive anymore. Fuck you. We all get it now. I'm pumped. I don't know if you can tell. I'm hyped right now. I'm very excited. It's going to be fun. Next couple of years. We want to know where you fall on the line. Are you a Tony Stark team member? Are you a Captain America? Are you an Iron Man? Or are you a Captain America team member? Whose side are you on? I know this isn't this isn't Civil War came out a year ago, but the battle still rages. The argument's still still go on and we want to know so we want you to tell us whose side are you on are you on david's side with the man or are you on rick's side with with personal freedom listen to this your brand of the truth <laughs> are you for chaos and angry green giants running around if that angry green giant's gonna help me i want i want that angry green giant or are you for around. law and order I don't know. I don't know. Maybe for the I'll... principles that George Washington <laughs> and the founding fathers put in place. Checks Alexander, and balances. Alexander Hamilton. Checks and balances. Sir, <laughs> we want to know. We want you to tell us. We want you to reach out via Facebook, via Twitter, via Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. Please do us a favor. Like rate and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, wherever you may be listening to this. We're going to cut it off here because we could go for another hour of this back and forth. But David, again, 
as a gentleman, I respect your candor. I respect that you have an opinion, even though I might disagree. And I respect that you're wrong. <laughs> that does it for the popcorn diet for this week, everybody. Uh, make sure to tune in. As I said, like, rate, and subscribe. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at the movies next time.